Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast, Digging Deeper with Mandy and Erica. I'm Mandy. And I'm Erica. If you're new to the podcast, we like to dig deeper into God's Word, learn it, and then share it with you guys. That's right, Mandy, and we are in the middle of a three-part series with Pastor Lonnie Lewis of the Bridge Baptist Church in Masontown, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. He is teaching us through the seven churches in the book of Revelation, Um, so if you missed part one, you can go back to last week's Mm -hmm. podcast. podcast and watch that and we are going to pick it up today um now yeah okay now that now the next one is going to be Thyatira. now this is the longest uh section it's about 12 verses so i'll just i'll read through it and um let's read through it and then we'll go through it and to the angel of the church in Thyatira, write again the pastor or leader the words of the son of god you know who's writing this and it's giving him the word <laughs> Who, who has eyes like a flame of fire and his feet are like uh, burnished bronze. I know your works, your love, your faith, your service, and patient endurance that you latter work exceeds the first. But I have this against you, that you tolerate the woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess and is teaching and seducing my servants to practice immorality and to eat things sacrificed to idols. I give her time to repent. I gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent in her sexual immorality. Uh, behold, I will throw her onto a sickbed, and uh, those who commit adultery with her I will throw in great tribulation, unless they repent of her works. And I will strike her children dead, and, uh, and all the churches will know that I am he who searches the mind and the heart, and I will give to each of you according to your works. But to the rest of you in Thyatira, who do not hold this teaching, who, do not, who have not learned uh, what some call the deep things of Satan, to you I say, I do not lay on you any other burden, only that you hold fast what you have, what you have until I come. The one who conquers, uh, and keeps, and that's I think that's that's probably enough to, to go through here. Uh, this church, this church in Thyatira, is a representation of the beginning, the real entrenchment of Catholicism and its expansion. Uh, and it covers a period of over over 900 years. It's almost half of the church age right here. Just one, wow. one, one church. Yeah, it's um, uh, it was it was that Jezebel was a woman in the church who led many into sins like idolatry and immorality of various types. And her name's patterned after the Jezebel in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. What did she do? She took Ahab's authority she was basically the leader of the country not him mm-hmm. and she took that and she claimed that authority and power and did it used it to do a lot of bad things that aren't, aren't pleasing to the lord mm-hmm. so that's what she was doing here and that represents some of the things that uh, happened uh, in uh, the catholic church uh, because of this now now you realize if you think about these dark ages you need to think about what's going on in the world at the same time rome Roman empire had collapsed before this started here it was gone so this period had a lot of things in history it had the dark ages 900 years of darkness and things enlightenment came you know later after the reformation islam was born during this period of time hmm. it was born that's pretty dark yeah and they had all these crusades. Crusades, uh, they were fighting militarily. Um, and the Catholic Church was 
leading in the military fight. <laughs> they were kind of yoked up more than that with the government, you know. Mm -hmm. That's pretty pretty strong yoking there. Uh, so uh, Rome's Rome's gone, and 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 all these things are happening uh, now. And you get realize who's who's talking about it? who's giving them this message. It's not Peter, you know. Peter's not the Pope here giving them a message to do what to do. It's the Lord Jesus Christ giving them uh, this message. And uh, he has um, eyes like uh, let's say eyes like fire. Let's see what I got here. I'm in the wrong place. Here. Back in chapter two. Uh, so he, he's he's and his feet the bronze. That's a symbol of judgment. He's going to come uh, in judgment. Uh, but realize who's talking here. It's the Lord Jesus Christ uh, Himself, and He is the chief cornerstone of the turn of the church. It's not Peter. It's not the chief cornerstone of our church. It's, it's the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. and Were they saying that Peter was the cornerstone? Well, this is the development of Catholicism. Okay. Uh, is what you have here. Mm -hmm. So does Catholicism say that about Peter? Yeah, he's the Pope first. He's supposed to be the first Pope. Oh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Matthew 16. <laughs> yeah, Matthew 16. Uh, thou art Peter, the statement is, Jesus says, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Okay. They take that to mean Peter is like the cornerstone of the church, like where Jesus Christ is. <laughs> and uh, and that that's the problem. And that hmm. gets him into all kind of trouble. That's why I mentioned Peter, because okay. he's... Uh, it's development. What develops here uh, with uh, with Catholicism um, and uh, Jezebel? She's again. We talked about this. She she has tries to grab authority. Mm -hmm. She grabbed. She took authority over Ahab basically mm -hmm. in the Old Testament. Said, "I'm going to go kill you, Elijah." And Elijah got depressed and ran away. But that's that's not for today's. <laughs> but uh, but. Uh, they gave Mary a position of authority that's mm -hmm. wrong, you know, and uh, these are some of the things uh, that uh, that uh, they did that uh, we're going to see that a little bit later in this in this section. This is a long 900 years plus of church history Whew. in this development. It got stronger and grew as a, in, in the so system. It's a system of belief. Is system. this when the Roman Catholics began? Is this era or was it the last one? No, this is this is a Catholicism this here starting in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they, they now the, they they claim that it's been here all the time and that Peter was the first pope and then okay. and and uh, you know, and then they, all the popes have come down and that's not true. This this area is we hear is when this stuff really okay. got going. Okay. And um, hmm. and uh, this is and okay. Uh, now in verse nineteen it's interesting because there's a group right here. Uh, I know your works, your love of faith and service and patient endurance, and that your letter works to see the first. There's a remnant of believers in this group. Mm -hmm. You know, there were, um, even when Catholicism was at its peak here, there were some true, there were some true, there are, I mean, there, everybody in the Catholic Church is not lost. There are some true believers in the church. Mm -hmm. And he could be speaking to them and to other splinter groups that were outside of the Catholicism that uh, weren't accepting this these kind of ideas. And Jezebel, again. Um, Jezebel. Yeah, serious, and, uh, you know, they uh, they did a lot of false claims uh, of, of authority, led to Mary having this high position. 
Uh, I'm going to read a couple things out of this commentary. Um, if you ever want to study this section of scripture, uh, this Oliver Green is a commentator. You can order his, uh, you can get online and find his commentary. And uh, it's a good one on this. I'm going to read a couple things uh, here uh, about that he says here in, in reference to this period of time. He says in uh, this one, um, this Jezebel, that was a real name. And <laughs> if we took time to do it through the historical church, you would see this. Jezebel professed in the assembly at Tharatara to teach with authority. She was the authority. See? Mm -hmm. she and as she taught, she seduced the minds of the people and trained them to follow her instead of following him who stands in the midst of the seven candlesticks. That's Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Today, Rome cries out, Hear the mother church. Again, Rome proclaims, The church cannot err in faith and its morals. They say the church cannot err in its faith and morals. Okay. That one's so, out of order. Yeah. When Rome says the church, what she really means is the papacy, Pope, mm. and the Roman system. Mm. It has never uh, been a secret that the Pope claims to be the vicar of Christ, boldly declares the church of Rome is the church, and all other churches and denominations are not right and are in serious error. Rome claims to be the church, the authority, and furthermore, infallible. She cannot do wrong. Okay, that's what some of the claims they make throughout history and to this day. Mm -hmm. All right, and uh, then this, the next one I wanna, I'm going to read a little, I'm going to read all these, these couple sections here. In Revelation 2.20, the Spirit continues by saying, Jezebel leads my servant astray. She teaches them and seduces them to commit fornication. And uh, today we know that Rome has led a great mass of humanity to form follow Mary instead of following Christ, to pray to Mary instead of uh, our one mediator and intercessor. So those are just some things. Um, she was just a false uh, prophetess, but just as, just as Jezebel in the, in the Old Testament mm -hmm. usurped authority that she shouldn't have served, they give this authority to Mary. And it, it's, it's, you know, it, it makes me sad because Mary is such a marvelous person. Mm -hmm. I mean, her yeah. faith and her things are just supernatural, just awesome woman and person of God, and then they uh, do these things. Which Mary are they talking about here? This is Mary, Jesus's mom. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that, that's elevated in the Catholic Church now. Uh, okay, I'm just going to read a couple things, some things here that the Catholic Church has there's problems with it they add works to the gospel you don't just have faith and get saved and then you're you're good for salvation mm -hmm. you have to keep doing sacraments and things like that they have role role of these sacraments the papacy is um really it's it, the role that he has or this guy is supposed to be an errant and all that and then they had a union of church and state he was directing the crusade <laughs> the pope you know Mm -hmm. the, the you know the Christian response to Islam mm -hmm. in, in the military, um, and also it's a lot of things. But I mean, just some key ones. The funds are given to the church, um, um, and then you can have a like have a mass for somebody that's dead, 
that um, you're worried there might be a purgatory. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah. you can pray him out of purgatory. Those are things that... Uh, and he gave him time to repent. He says in verse 21, I gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her immorality. Well, you've had him about a thousand years now. At this time. That's a long time. Yep. So uh, that was uh, that was not good. Um, and again, this is about half of the church age. It's represented here in the development of it. It uh, started back here, right after the fall of the Roman Empire, and it goes all the way up to the time of Martin Luther. That's when it really yeah. changed because uh, started the Protestant Reformation. We'll be talking about that church next. And another thing that, that's a problem with the Catholicism is this thing about um, these mediators. You know, Mary, how's Mary? Mary's a human being, was a human being. Mm-hmm. She's in heaven now. She's not omnipresent. She's not omniscient. She has a million, just think about this. There's a million people praying to her at once, yeah. and she's going to hear them and intercede and be an intermediate before God for them, for every one of them, and the saints do the same. What they call the saints, the same same thing. Well, the Bible says there's one God and one mediator between God and man, mm-hmm. the man Christ Jesus. If you're listening, look up First Timothy two five. Um, there's only one mediator between us and God, and that's the man Christ Jesus. Uh, we don't. We pray in Jesus' name, directly to God. And uh, it's immense, prayer has immense power. It just has immense power. And a lot of us act like it doesn't because we pray more, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, we have about six people on Wednesday night usually, and <laughs> it's not the best thing. Um, and they have works to the gospel, sacraments, um, and these funds to get people out of arbitraries. That was the thing that really got Luther when he started the Reformation. Now, I will say one, I do want to, I, I do want to say one thing about uh, the Roman Church, um, because it's a good thing. It's a thing they're strong in, and it's on the abortion fight, at least they have been traditionally. I remember when Shirley and I were in, when my wife and I were in Michigan, uh, uh, we went to a, there was a group called Baptist for Life that had meetings, and the guy was giving a presentation, and he said, he was saying how we as Baptists were really late and weak in coming to this issue. And, uh, you know, the Catholic Church was strong. They were supporting people and, and uh, strong in the pro-life position. Because he said, he gave us a story. He said when they were in, when they went to one of these pro-life rallies down in D.C. on in January, with the anniversary of the old, old, and that sounds good saying the old Roe versus Wade. And that sounds good. <laughs> but uh, he said, uh, he said he they put up a little tent, a little thing, Baptist for Life. You know we're here, and he said this priest came up to him, and he said, "Man, are we glad to see you, people." He said, "What do you mean? We're here to?" He said, "We've been here. We haven't seen anybody else for ten years. We've been out here doing this alone, hmm. and we're so happy to see somebody else coming along. We were ten years getting to it, wow. and, and so you know, I they, they do some great things." In, in areas, uh, so give them credit for that, man. But, okay, <clears throat> now we're going to look at verse 24 to 28. What this is, this section of scripture, this is talking to a remnant of believers inside of Catholicism and also splinter groups that didn't never join the Catholic Church. And what's he, he comp, uh, gives them great commendations. But to the rest of you in Thyatira, 
and apparently in the local church there too, it's the same thing. They had some who did not hold this teaching. They weren't getting sucked in by this all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan. That's Ooh, strong language. Strong language to these people, yeah. Wow. To you I say, do not, uh, I do not lay on you any other burden. You know, you got enough to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> Only hold fast until I come. And that's basically what he, what he says if you kept going and find that thing. But there was a strong group of people that was a, uh, did not get sucked into this. And uh, praise God for that. Mm-hmm. Well, this one is the Reformation uh, Church. Uh, and Martin Luther came along. And, uh, and I'll read that section first. Uh, it's in chapter 3 now. It says, The church in Sardis. This is a representation of the Reformation Church. And, and this one surprised me more than anything. Because he doesn't have a lot of complimentary things. And we'll get to mm, why that is. That is very interesting. Yeah. To the angel of the church in Sardis write, The words of him who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, I know your works. You have the reputation of being alive, but you're dead. Wake up and strengthen what remains and is about to die, for I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God. Remember then what you have received and heard. Keep it and repent. If you do not wake up, I will come to you like a thief, and you will not know at what hour I will come against you. Yet you have a, still a few names in Sardis, people who have, have not sold their garments, and they wa- uh, will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. Uh, this white's a symbol of righteousness or salvation. <laughs> the one who conquers uh, will be clothed uh, thus in white garments, and I will never blot out his name in the book of life. I will confess his name before my father, before the holy angel. Who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. Okay, what happens here? Just in a kind of a summary portion here. Martin Luther was the one. He posted 95 theses on the door there at the Vatican in 1522. And uh, he translated Bibles into German, which they didn't want. Catholic Church didn't want to translate anything. They wanted them to listen to them, not go try to study it themselves, you know. <laughs> because then they would hold, like, this position of power. If somebody wanted to it's know exactly the Scripture, right. they would have to come to them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. But Martin Luther. Luther, well, this was later on. This wasn't right away. It's, Luther tried to, what he did, you know, there's a film out of it, movies about him. It's pretty good stuff. But he didn't He, he didn't start out to break, up, break away. He started out to try to reform the church. Because the thing that he really got to him the most was these things about having these uh, masses for somebody to get them out of purgatory. You had to give money. Mm-hmm. For that, <laughs> you'd have you know, and uh, pray him out of purgatory, and he knew that wasn't right, so he took them on with that, and they didn't like that, and it, 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 the schism between him and the, and the Catholic Church got wider, and finally they, you know, there was a whole thing of uh, starting, uh, starting uh, the Protestant movement, and uh, he was uh, the the why 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 they not have great commendations here. There's more condemnation in this section than commendation. Luther and some of the other leaders, there were some others that joined with him in this. They were strong. They, they, they were taking on the church and all that. And they did things really well. But what happened? His followers came along. 
and they didn't do quite as well. They've got into where they would argue and fight. If you study the history of this time, Protestants would have control of some area, and Catholics had to either leave or they would, you know, and Catholics had control of other areas, and Protestants had to leave, and it was just a mess. And this is the followers were not really strong in in what they uh, what they did. And he doesn't condemn. Notice what he does. He doesn't condemn them. What does he What does he get on them about? What does he get up on them? He doesn't say list great sins and all that. Um, okay, he says, verse three. Remember then what you received and heard. You know, I think he's talking about his founders, the leaders, Luther and, and Calvin and people there. Keep it and repent. If you will not what, wake up. Wake up. The biggest problem he had with them is they were sleeping. This is a slumbering church. <laughs> they were slumbering, man. They weren't excited about the gospel. They weren't out there. You know, they wanted to argue about Calvinism and Arminianism. And they wanted to debate things that, you know, aren't the central core of the faith. Let's put it that way. And they were so enthralled with that and mm. with systems. You know, there are different systems than Catholics had, but systems. Mm -hmm. They were so focused on that, they forgot they were supposed to go out there and do the gospel work. You know? mm -hmm. Luther knew this. He preached. He gave the German people a Bible. You know, mm -hmm. and then People could read the Bible for themselves then. And uh, that developed into other languages. King James came along some years later. Geneva Bible first, and then King James. Not too many uh, writing, you know, during this period. This, is, this period goes from 1500 to about 1700. And, um, but he said, you're sleeping. You know, we can't sleep as Christians. <laughs> right, right. We got to do stuff. You guys have this podcast going. That's an outreach. That's a ministry. If you were sleeping right now, we wouldn't have this, would we? <laughs> so and would you he, say they were kind of expanding or using their energy to fight for a system, fighting against the Catholic system to replace it with the Protestant, Protestant yeah. system? But Well, a, a Protestant, their own. Each had different versions. Like Calvinism, Arminianism. I just mentioned that because... Uh, those are two big yeah. it just because of my background people fight about that and argue yeah. about that all the time yeah. <laughs> even today to this day but they made that too important you know yeah they they called it like the hill they die on you know something like that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And and I see that today too sometimes people are like you know you have to believe all the five points of Calvinism or, you know, you're just not a Christian or yeah. you're not as good as me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things well, like that. I always say this. Calvinism, if you take the five points of Calvinism, it's very logical and consistent within the logical system. If you take Arminianism, it's very logical and consistent within its system. If you merge them, if you use different parts of each, mm -hmm. you don't have this logical consistency. <laughs> but the problem is, Neither Calvinism or Arminianism is 100% in agreement with the word. Hmm. That's the problem. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's my understanding of it. And uh, so uh, uh, you could disagree on some of these, as long as you have the foundations of the faith uh, properly. But, but that's what happened. His followers, the followers of these guys. And, and, and you know, you can't, how can, in this thing about church and state, do you know when church and state really got separated and put it in law that it wasn't supposed to be that way. You know the first country to do that? Mm -mm. United States of America. 
Mm. It's the first country. And then, you know, 1776 was just after this era, ended a little bit. They said, we're not going to do that. Uh, we're not going to have government's not supposed to interfere with the church. Now, that's, you know, how that goes now. We'll see. But, yeah. but that's, it started with the United States, the Constitution of the United States. Mm-hmm. said that these are not, government cannot, separation of church and state, it, mm-hmm. that's what it meant originally. It didn't mean all this stuff they've come mm-hmm. up with in the last 50 or 60 years. Mm-hmm. It meant the, the, the government cannot interfere with the workings of the church. They can't dictate what day you worship, they can't dictate your beliefs, they can't dictate any of that. Mm-hmm. But that was, but this, in this era, that was a problem because, you know, if you lived in an era, they would they would be you you couldn't live there peacefully if you were a certain religion you know and right so that's that's good but anyway and he said wake up that's the big thing he has against him wake up hmm. don't argue about this stuff you can discuss it it's okay to discuss it that's you know it's fine but don't make that the critical thing man go out there and share the gospel with somebody all right we're gonna stop right here and then um we're gonna continue next week with the final segment of the seven churches in Revelation. So come back next week. See you guys.